y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Black Girl Manifest Podcast. It's your uh, studious host, Brittany. And this is your same regular degular host, Anika. Anika. Hi, Brittany. How your week? Girl, first of all, I just want to let you know that this closet is empty. I hope there's not too much of an echo. But it's, I don't know, it's, it's hot in here. I'm just, it's hot. But my week, huh? itching well you know when you get hot you kind of get a little you know it's not a really itch it's just kind of like it's a hot what bitch fuck you (laughs) anyway my week was grand okay I closed out the week really well today um and you know it's it's been cool so how's your week how was your week it's been good work um started school this week uh, oh yeah that's right that girl is busy as fuck listen I'm proud of myself I want to toot my horn just a little bit because I came back and did everything the fuck I said I was gonna do I've done it like and if I haven't like I got my toe like finna step in it so I'm proud of myself like for once in my life I can really say I'm proud of myself hey man that toot that that's that's toot that thing up and make it uh uh <laughs> all right <laughs> <laughs> well i'm glad that you i'm glad to hear that i actually forgot all about school so i definitely gotta get with you on that see how that is going Take one day at a time so if anybody want to write my uh english uh, essays for me hit me up five dollars a paper all right bye oh dagger is cheap as fuck all right guys so today's episode i wanted to um speak with my friends here today about we will be speaking about grief and we have um a guest on the show today um he is a he feels like a long time friend i really haven't known him for that long but i feel like that's my friend my motherfucking brother my twin co-worker um roizelle brown welcome to the show hey thank you guys for even thinking enough to even ask me to join you guys. Okay. I don't take that lightly, trust me. Okay, we love some Roy. Like for we, I think and we have different reasons, but listen, we love him. I don't understand why, but I appreciate it. Oh, he's he's what's that word? He's so what's humble. That? He's so humble. He's so um, you know, I can't think of that word when people act like they don't know why they like him. But let me tell you, he was and still popular as fuck. Don't let him act like he not. <laughs> we gonna play his so popular, Amy. Yes, he knows any and everybody, and just be so like, hmm. <laughs> I really don't. I really don't know anybody. It's a, lot of people, a lot of people know of me. I know of a lot of people, but we don't know each other. Okay. We don't know each other. You right. I'm gonna. Start. <laughs> Look, if a varsity jacket in high school was a person, that's real. <laughs> 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 All right, guys. So speaking of grief, um, I decided to, we wanted to have Roy on because, as you know, Brittany and I have discussed um, on the on our father episode, um, the death of our father. So we don't speak about it a, a whole lot. I think Brittany is more open to speaking about, you know, certain traumas than I am. Um, but all three of us have in common that we have 
um, dealt with grief and specifically the grief of a parent and the not many people can relate to that. Of course, nobody, you know, really would want to. Um, but I just want to have a conversation about it and um, kind of go and talk about the stages of grief and how we dealt with grief. So we're going to, um, before we get into our experiences, I did want to go through the stages of grief because I myself didn't even realize this was a thing until I'm looking up information. But some of these stages, you know, you, you guys will be able to identify with and, you know, if not all of them, but here they are. So first stage of grief is shock and denial, right? I can, I mean, we don't even have to go into that. We pretty much know that's very plain, simple. It's the initial stage. Everybody, you know, pretty shocked. You kind of have a sense of denial. Then we have pain and guilt. You know, once the shock starts to fade away, you then notice then more pain has set in and then you start to feel guilty for whatever reason, um, whatever your reason it may be. Um, that could be, you know, something you may have wanted to say, more time you want to spend, whatever, you know, depending on your situation. You have anger and bargaining. Um, you, of course, are going to feel angry and frustrated about the situation and, you, you know, you're lost. Um, and you may be angry even at, you know, at, at a person who you felt like it could have helped or even could have caused it. Um, then you have depression, reflection, and loneliness. I know we've all, you know, been through that at some point. Then you have the upward turn where you start to kind of feel a little bit better, even though you probably didn't think you were going to get there. But even if it's just you got up to take a shower or whatever, you kind of start to feel a little bit um, better. Then you have reconstruction and working through. So knowing that grief is a process, um, it's not always going to be about being stressed out, though. Um, or overwhelmed, so you kind of start to, you know, reconstruct your life and work through the work through your phases of grief and kind of like you know your feelings, and then the last stage, and people could go through this in different stages, but generally it's acceptance. You kind of you know accept that this is you know the process, and it doesn't mean that you have to get over it, but it's just a part of something you had to deal with, and you do different things, you know whatever you had to do to kind of get yourself around to accept that. So Roy, since you are, I guess, I kind of wanted to start with you, like in those seven stages, and I can go over them again, obviously you don't have them memorized. Um, what stage really stuck out to you as far as something, you know, how you dealt with the loss of your mom? Um, you know, honestly, I have to say, um, I don't know, I don't remember your exact words, but um, I know it's kind of like um, when you kind of feel like you're in a better place. Oh, the upward turn. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I, I was actually kind of shocked uh, when my mom passed because, you know, everyone expected me to be the one that was going to be hurt, the one that was going to be sad, you know, one probably was going to be a totally different person immediately afterwards, just crying all the time. But I was shocked because that wasn't me. Mm. And, you know, I, of course I was hurt at the beginning. Of course, me and my mom, you know, typically, I mean, I always tell people, me and my mom did stuff that you figured me and my dad would do. 
mm-hmm. more of like sporting events. Cause you know, my mom was really into sports as well. So of course we didn't miss basketball games. We didn't miss tennis matches. You know, we love tennis and basketball. So. And I mean, she liked football, but she didn't just love it. But you know, even like going to the University of Memphis football game, I didn't drag my college friends. I took my mama with me. So, you know, <laughs> everybody expected me to be, you know, just really down, but I was shocked. I'm like, man, you know, it hurts, but I'm okay with it. I accept it. And, you know, like I said, it took a minute to get there. So it felt like every day I was just like getting better and better and better and better. And I'm like, you know, hey, this, this is actually working out pretty good. And it was kind of scary to me. I'm like, why am I not hurt? But then it was just like that one day where it just felt like just everything just fell down all of a sudden. And, you know, I was just trying to fight my way out of it. I'm, you know, I'm just confused. I'm like, what's happening? Like, you know, I'm, I'm having nightmares. I'm having dreams. I'm like, wait, where is this coming from? Like, I, I was supposed to do that at the beginning. Like, why am I doing that now? You know, so I was, I was really confused with all of that or whatever. So. Can I ask a question? Um, do you think that you went through the process that way because you were, I, I don't, because you were expecting it, you knew it was something that could possibly happen? I hope I'm not sounding insensitive when I say that. No, no, not at all, not at all. Of course, uh, with uh, my mom having brain cancer, actually, uh, of course, my mom defeated breast cancer. I'm gonna say defeated it about. Oh, she defeated it four times. So of course, the fifth time it went to her brain, and it was the same way because I mean, everyone said this about my mom. You have to be around to really see it. You know, taking chemotherapy, she would be sick as a dog, but let's go to this basketball game still. I got to keep moving, you know. She was as tough as nails. And even with this situation, I never counted her out. You know what I'm saying? So uh, we had about two days to prepare for it. Uh, but with that, I would say, you know, I think I, I think I was in denial still. I'm saying that, I, you know, I, I think I was, you know, I was okay with the fact of, knowing that she didn't have to go do any more surgeries. She didn't have to worry about being lightheaded and stuff all the time, having all these headaches. Uh, I don't think that was it. I think that was some of it, but I think most of it was, I just tried not to think about it. I stayed busy. I was doing all kinds of stuff, just not to even think about it. So you pretty much, so your your initial thing was, you know, that what stuck out to you was upward turn, how you were kind of accepting everything and, you know, move past it. So it's that from, from what you're telling me, you know, you, you said you were having nightmares, which, and that goes in the shock of denial. So it's almost like you re- experienced the stages in reverse. Like, you know, I'm accepting it and I'm going back up because, you know, in shock and denial, um, that's when you start to feel like people might feel like physically sick, like you might, you know, vomiting, you have difficulty sleeping, decreased appetite or heart palpitations, you might feel emotionally numb. So I, I think that's interesting that you kind of felt that you kind of felt the positive first and then you, you know, your shock and denial was last because usually it's the other way around. So that's, that's interesting. What about you, Brittany? Like, is there something that stuck out for you um, in one of these stages that you definitely like, oh yeah. That was me. Um, yes. So I talk about all the time that me and my dad did not have the best relationship. Um, I, w- I will say that I was a daddy's girl when I was a kid, but as I got older and got more aware, um, me and my dad um, were not on the best of terms. And 
to be honest, me, if you've listened to the episode, you know that me and my dad were on the outs, you know, before he passed. And so uh, I felt two of the things that hit me the most was, of course, the shock. Mm-hmm. Because, like, damn, you're not supposed to be dead. Like, you're supposed to be, I'm like, I'm, we're supposed to be able to fix this problem that we have um, and then get over it and then be normal, you know? Um, and then uh, the next feeling I felt was immense guilt because I felt like maybe I could have done something different. Maybe he could have, you know, taken better care of himself if I cared about him a little bit more. Uh, so I, those those were the two things that I felt the most. Mm. And I still deal with, uh, depending on what day it is, I still deal with the guilt a lot. Yeah. Well, for me, I'll say for sure, there's a couple things that stuck out for me because <laughs> for some reason, I don't give myself any room to really have a whole lot of feelings because I've just become known as somebody who my mom used to make a joke and say, you know, you'd have to throw a brick upside her head to cry. And as I get older, that's not true so much anymore. Cause now, you know, I'm not going to say I ever wear my heart on my sleeve, but I'm a lot more emotional now. But at the time I remember not really even allowing myself, um, other than the three days I got off of work to grieve and my first stage. And this all happened within like three days. I felt shocking, you know, the shock and denial because I was like, there's no way that, I mean, I got a call saying that my dad was brain dead. And I'm like, okay, I know that means dead, but I mean, you didn't say he was all the way dead. So that's, that was the, the denial part of it for me. So and that's like in the first 24 hours. Then once I realized and I'm hearing the stories, because my daddy basically died um, by police brutality and there was a white woman involved. So, you know, don't even fucking get me started on that. There was an anger and bargaining for me. I immediately felt like, why the fuck? I blamed it on her. Like, you know, you could have done this, you could have done that. I wasn't there, whatever the case may be. So that was, those two were the feelings that I felt. And then it, the reconstruction and working through, eh, I don't even know if I ever even touched that. And then at some point I had to realize listen, you get a day to cry in bed and you got to get the fuck over it. I don't know who was, I think I was telling myself that nobody said that, you know, this is not a process. Nobody said you really just take the three days that they gave you from work. And then I just went those two and then we'll skip straight to acceptance. And I'm like, well, I got to be okay to talk about it. You know what I mean? And that's just what it was for me. So. I remember you telling me that your dad passed and it was like, I, of course, had my kids or whatever. I packed out my kids. They'll be rushed over to your house, and you was just, you were just. It was eerie how calm you were. I was like, I mean, your parent just passed, so I don't think you you've completely processed it at that time or then. But that that was just me on the outside looking in. And my daddy, anybody know my daddy was my motherfucking nigga. Like he didn't do everything right, but. He called, I'm answering. No matter what time it is, we're going to cuss each other out. We're going to get back. Like, that was, everybody know my daddy was my nigga. But, you know, so to be so close, it just felt like, you know what, I just got to close that up because I don't get to go back there no more. So let me just close that up. Um, so with that being said, um, Roy, I want to ask you, 
the way that the ways because there's more than one the ways in which you dealt with you know in our dealing with your mom you know the grief of the passing of your mom um and I know it wasn't a really long time ago but you know we grow every day so is there anything that you regret about your process or anything that you would do differently now like you know if you feel like you've grown as a person um you know um i guess i could honestly say um i, I don't think i've grieved yet mm. i honestly don't think i have uh, you know uh actually um of course my birthday was yesterday um my okay. plan were to actually go to my mom's grave site, which I haven't been to in, I don't even know when. You know, I feel like that was gonna be part of my grieving um, process because I've been wanting to go, but I'm like, ah, I don't think my heart can take it right now, you know, but uh, that, I, that, was, that was my plan, but it rained. It wasn't nothing but the devil, wasn't it? It rained, <laughs> so, it rained so I I wasn't able to go. So, like I said, I, I don't think I've grieved. Have I cried much? No. And I'm, I'm like you, like you just said, you know, I, I'm, I'm tough. I, I don't cry. I mean, I'm a thug. You know, I was raised, you know, what type of household I was raised in. So okay, sure. But no, like, I, I, I tough everything out. So, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, even though it was my mama, like, like it's my road dog, my, my everything. She babied me. Mama. Still wash my clothes. Still cook mm -hmm. dinner for me. <laughs> Cooked enough dinner to last me for a couple of days. Yeah, I heard but, you was full. <laughs> but I haven't. I haven't just had the time to where I can just, just. I just want to scream, crying. You know what I'm saying? So, I I haven't grieved yet. So, I feel like you got to get almost like give yourself permission to do that because it's it's okay. And I remember even feeling like especially now i'm thinking like who told me that it was that i could only have this this amount and i have to get over who who said that who some days you know i would be i would have dreams and wake out of my dreams crying because my dreams were like intense for like three months i had all kind of stuff i can't even explain and i just think that's just like you got to give you like you know what today is not a good day every day ain't gonna be no good day and if it's time to cry Sometimes I hear a song and I just can't help but to just be like, oh shit, you know, I'm going to get teary eyed. But then there's still that little voice that's like, girl, pull it together. But why? Where's that coming from? Is that something like an expectation that somebody's putting on us and we're trying to hold up? You know, I think for me, it kind of is. I don't know about for you. It's just like, who said that that wasn't okay, you know? So as, um, I, I want to say this, like, I'm... I get jealous of people's dynamics of their parents. Like me and my mama have a really good relationship, but like I, I'm kind of envious because y'all had good relationships with your parents who passed. And so I feel like, you know, you all have good memories with your parent who passed. So how do you navigate like not having somebody there anymore who was, you know, by your side, who made you happy, that person you could talk to you know, without a doubt, and you know, they, they will be there for you. And how do you navigate that day by day? Is that something you think about every day or, you know? Oh, that's a good question. You know what, uh, 
I uh, something that I know I thought about a lot. Um, like my mom and I, we talked on the phone a lot. Um, she called me every day at work. I called her when I got off. Um, I, I always thought about that and stuff like that. I'm like, dang, like, so I'm really not going to be able to pick up the phone and call her anymore. Even like with her uh, brain, like after she had a brain surgery and all that, you know, I would call a lot of times and she didn't answer. And I'm, you know, and I'm like, I would wait 15 minutes. I'm like, you know, why she didn't call me back? You know what I'm saying? So then it would kind of hit me. I'm like, okay, let me get in the car. I'm just going to have to go down there. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. It, 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 it was a lot of adjustments. Um, some of it happened without me even thinking about it. You know what I'm saying? But it, it was it was hard. I feel like I did try to replace her. I feel like I replaced her with my dad at first. But we know how that how that went. That that's for a whole different show on y'all. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like I tried to replace her. Now I think I replaced her with my sister. I think my sister probably hate me now because I call her so much. But she'd be all right. <laughs> oh you can okay i so i i can relate to that um definitely my so my dad didn't live close to me but we talked on the phone multiple times a day if i didn't answer i was gonna get a voicemail him cussing me out and making fun of the fact that i was at work or some stupid shit and i just would be like let me call this man back you know um but i always like i always wanted to talk to him so it it was very strange to go from talking to somebody and getting care packages from somebody all the time or like when the next time I'm coming out to Cali to visit you because he was working on getting this house so that I could move there after college because that would have been my plan I would have been in California after college um so I don't know it's it, that that is a very hard question I think it's just over time you just find other shit to do and I will say I don't know if I necessarily replaced him with my mom, but I definitely clung on to her more than I remember. It's just like, listen, I remember telling her like, you're all I have. So I need you not to not answer the phone for me, you know? And so I know that now that I'm saying this, I'm like, I know that I put so much into her. So like any little thing, not even little thing, cause she's definitely done some things that make me upset, but it's a lot easier for me to be upset with her cause there's no balance between the two of them anymore because it was us three <clears throat> if he can't talk to me he's gonna call her if she can't talk to him she's gonna call me whatever we were all just you know super cool so there is a lot more pressure on her that I put there that she didn't necessarily ask for just because he he's gone you know what I mean and I, I remember telling her like you gotta answer the phone so I think day by day it's just like you find something else to do somebody else to call but more than likely like my daddy was hands down even you know no shade to y'all like obviously I can talk to y'all about stuff but this man would have me like he would read books to me old as hell in my 20s like I would prefer to talk to him because I just know if he about to be in some shit and it's just about to be a good time so it, it, it's definitely been hard definitely not an easy adjustment but I guess I can relate to the trying to replace him thing. It's just, you know, yeah. I relate to that as well. I remember like after uh, my dad passed away, like I was on my mama's ass, like for real, for real. Like I was, where you at? Where you going? Da -da 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 -da. And, you know, she was like, you have become my parent. 
and you need to chill like it's gonna be okay <laughs> it's gonna be fine and like even still like it's just you can't really explain i don't i don't know if you can like put losing a parent into words even like if you are oh i'm gonna cry like even if you don't have a good relationship it's just like it's just one of the most earth-shattering things I've ever had to do and yeah. I've been through. And it's just, like, I have clung on to my mama so tight. And it's just now, like, I, um, after my dad died, I realized that my parents were uh, mortal. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not, you're not mine forever. Um, I'm, I'm not going to have you for the rest of my life. So it made... Um, even though I was dealing with my dad's death, it made me realize like, damn, I'm gonna lose my mama too. Like I'm gonna, I'm not gonna have her forever. I'm not gonna be able to call her or pull up on her whenever I want to. So it just, it it put a lot of shit into perspective for me. And y'all might as well just throw me in the coffin if that happened now. I'm done. I, I couldn't take it. Well, I don't, I don't. I know that men have different relationships with their mom, but as a as a woman, you have a relationship with your mom as well. And like my mama is like, even though she she knows she get on my nerves and I get on her nerves, she know that Kim, what's up? Um, <laughs> it's just I I cannot. I, I tell my mama all the time, like, okay, when I die, this is what I want. So I never think about the like what I'm going to do for her funeral is always like, okay, girl, I'm going to die first. <laughs> and then you can die too. It'll be okay for you to die after I die. Right. I, girl. And it's not healthy. It's not healthy because it's not realistic. You know? So you didn't, I wanted to ask you, Brittany, because I did ask for, is there anything that, any ways that you would have dealt with um, your grief Anything that you regret about how you grieved or anything you would have done differently to help you through the process? Because yours was a while ago, too. Um, one thing I regret is not being properly, uh, not having the knowledge to go to therapy because therapy, um, holding on to that, my dad has been deceased for five years. Just holding on to that for five years it's really, 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 really heavy. Um, and not properly being able to articulate to somebody who doesn't have a bias about my dad and how to um, navigate. And to be honest, um, I still deal with my grandmother who passed away suddenly as well. My grandmother's been dead for 14 years and that's still like, I, I just don't fuck with this at all. I can't. It's It's something that I just choose to try to ignore. Um, So I would, I wish that I would have had the proper tools to be more mentally healthy because after my dad died, I did go into a depression. I didn't know how to deal with it, but I was kind of moving on autopilot because I had children. Um, But I noticed like I increased drinking, I just, I was just really reckless. Mm. I was really reckless. So I wish that I would have had the proper knowledge. Like, hey girl, like you need to talk to somebody. Yeah. 
that's what I was going to say. I wish that I would have um, been in a headspace. Like, obviously, I went to school for, you know, psychology, so I knew that existed, but I never, it, it was like it wasn't applicable to me because I'm super fine and I'm super normal. Not only until, like, the past couple of years, I'm like, yeah, you could go. So I, I, I wish that I would have um, used some of the resources that, I pro that I'm sure were available to me then um, to seek help in that way and not just assume like, oh, you'll be fine. And then I also wish that I was a little bit more spiritually connected then because there were things that were happening to me that I couldn't explain and it sounded crazy telling other people. Like, I mean, I would tell you things and some things I would tell my mom and not that you guys wouldn't believe me, it's just I'm having a hard time believing myself. So I, I kind of feel like I, sh I wish I would have been, you know, just more connected and I could have, you know, just connected with my experiences more on a different level and I also wish that I would have been into crystals at the time and meditation because I know that would have helped a lot as much as somebody you know you grieving and crying you don't want to like freaking meditate but in this body in this age I would have dealt with it that way and this is me carrying my shit for nine years now so this is I'm going to be getting into therapy soon because I didn't realize, like, I've been kind of carrying this big-ass bag of unnecessary shit with me that I didn't necessarily let go, you know? So that's that's how I would deal with it. Um, and then you guys kind of pretty much, you kind of um, beat me to the punch on my last question about, um, I was going to ask about being fully healed and how you deal with the void, and we pretty much answered that. So, um well, is there anything else you'd like to add about your grieving process or anything? Maybe you think you want to start grieving or do you, mm. you don't think it's necessary? Well, I can't think of anything, else, but you know, I did just recently start uh, counseling. I'm so proud of you. I'm so yeah. proud of you. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was, it's like that day that I, I think I reached out to you, Brittany, mm -hmm. to ask you about that site. And um, it's like once I finally uh, got that email that, you know, I was enrolled and they would be reaching out to me, I, even that right there, just I was so happy at work that day. Like I was extra excited. And then the day leading up to my first session, I was so excited until it was time to get on there. I don't know why I got nervous then, but <laughs> I <laughs> I was so excited. So the I've went through two sessions now, and they've actually been really, really good. I mean, I look, I'm looking forward to this next one. So, so I look, I can't believe I can say this, but I'm definitely encouraging you, Nicola, to go forward ASAP, please. I keep saying I'm gonna wait until I have, because I know that it's gonna be virtual. So since I'm moving next week, I'm like, I'm gonna do my therapy on the beach. Because when we talk about when y'all pull all this shit out my magic bag, I need it to be a little, you know, something going on in the background for me. But I'm definitely going to, you know, get there. And who knows? Even talking about this kind of kind of made me wanna like boohoo. But I'm just like, you know what? Keep it together. You. But it does kind of. And it brings it up even more because it's like, I know I didn't fully deal with it. So it's, you know, easy to just be like, girl, damn, pull it together. So, not to be in your business, Roy, but I love to, like, you are, you're the second Black man, of course, that we had on the podcast, but who has gone to therapy. Yes, burp, 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 burp. 
to that. Oh my gosh. We do not be having these men out here. Come on now. But <laughs> can you tell a difference like from pre-therapy to therapy, like in your attitude and like how you're you're navigating your emotions in life? You know what? I can because the thing about me, let me tell y'all something about me. I'm one of those people, of course, I mean, y'all probably know this. I'm not really an open person at all. Like, I don't really open up to people. I, I mean, I've talked to you guys because I was comfortable with you guys. But the just door is closed. <laughs> but anybody else, you know, uh, somebody was asked me about, I can recall people asking me about, like, Thanksgiving. Like, oh, I bet your mama cooked. I was like, yeah, she cooked. You know, this is, I just, you know, try to, I won't tell anybody. Oh, no, my mom's back. You know, I just keep talking. They'd be like, Yo, uh, your mom and dad still together? I'm like, yeah. You know, yeah, I'm just that person. But I was preaching to myself before I, uh, before the first session. I'm like, be honest. Like, you don't have no reason to lie to this person. And I feel like now that I'm actually opening up to an additional person because I'm so closed off to everyone except for this these people I keep really closing this in my in the palm of my hand. And I'm like, I don't know this man. This man don't know me. Just tell him. Just go for it. And I feel like that has really been beneficial. Seriously. Like I really had a good week this past week. So and I think I can credit credit give a lot of credit to that or whatever. And you would say, you know, definitely beneficial that he's black, right? One hundred percent. Uh, I know you and I just got finished talking about this. Uh, instead of going through the site that Brittany gave me, I attempted to go through my job first. And gave me, uh, the first person that gave me, I could tell by the name that it wasn't the person I wanted it to be. You know, not naming any race. He was, he was purple. He was purple. He was a purple guy. He was a cracker. <laughs> 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 Black Girl Manifest Podcast. Hey, let me go get this shot over here for them right there. <laughs> but yeah, but hey, this was number God. This yeah. man was not licensed in Tennessee. I was so happy. I was like, thank God. And the next, I knew it. The next person they sent me, I read that name. I said, that's my brother. I already know it is. That's my brother. <laughs> That's my brother. <laughs> but yeah, uh, definitely. I, I definitely feel more uncomfortable. Um, you know, I definitely wanted a black woman or a black man, and I was blessed with that. So I'm, I'm happy about that. Yeah, my first my first therapy session, like my palms were sweaty. I was like, I'm so nervous. <laughs> I don't know why I was nervous, but Lord, y'all go to therapy, please. Black people go to therapy, please. Is it? Did you think you felt nervous because if you felt like I'm about to let a stranger in my business, or I don't think that was. I don't think that was it for me. I think it was just what. What is she going to ask me? What is she going to say? Like. How much do I have to, I need to take this fucking mask off and like be real and raw with her. And you're just so used to uh, tiptoeing over everybody else's feelings all day and being, uh, mm. be, putting, putting your mask on and just, you know, just not being my true authentic self. 
because to be honest, because I'm too worried about if I say this, then I'm gonna hurt somebody's feelings. But this is how I really feel. But you know, I want to be sensitive to whatever. But with her, it was just like I. I'm a person who overly apologizes. So I was apologizing in therapy and she was like, girl, first of all, stop talking, be quiet, stop apologizing, it's okay. Uh, you pay me for this. So whatever you're gonna say, it's okay. And I was like, whew, okay, all right. So it was, it was more of like really taking that mask off and being me and standing up in me and affirming who I am and being like unapologetically Brittany. I think that's important what you said there because, I mean, I can relate to that, especially as a wife, you kind of get with somebody and you always have to consider their fucking feelings. And no shade, men just have a different type of little ego going on. So you always have to be like, well, if I say it like this, I don't want to hurt the feelings, you know, so I got to, I got to consider that you always find yourself tiptoeing around like really what you would like to say. And it's just like, that sucks. So I I know for sure that, that that would help. Just when you said that, that kind of stuck out to me. Like, yeah, sometimes you just be like, let me just swallow this because then they'll say shit straightforward, just hit you in the neck and you'd be like, okay, guess I gotta swallow that. <laughs> but yeah. Well, I'm glad we had this conversation. This was very um, good to open up about. Boy, I really, we, we really appreciate you coming onto the show and, and sharing your your experience because that means a lot to us i really I, i'm telling you i really appreciate y'all for reaching out to me little old me like why me you know what i'm saying yeah, and we'll be nobody else but you like when we have certain <laughs> topics come up there's people in you know people in our mind it's like oh, i would have nobody else but you know roy to do you know this topic because i just felt like it's something that needed to be talked about and then i don't know anybody else just that we all know each other that can just relate to death of a parent you know it's just it's something that's tough um, i don't know me and roy would really be friends because i told roy that he was going to be my friend i made roy be my friend <laughs> left, i left the, the show and was like look Y'all talk to each other. Y'all was already talking. I came back there and was like, hey, Roy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was creeping me out. I'm like, who is she? Does she work here? Like, <laughs> and you know what's strange? Before <laughs> you and I's friendship started, I felt like a closeness with you before I even really knew you like that. Once I knew you and um, Tamsin were friends, I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's cool people because that's my nigga. Like, that's, you know. So I, I find it funny that now it's like, we passing you one more over here. His so I, really, I really liked it. That was that was good. All right. Before we before we move on, well, I just want to say something. I don't know if I ever thanked you for this, but um, when my mom had breast cancer, you really, really, really helped me through that. And you were somebody that I you checked on me every fucking day, every day. Like if I didn't see you, you text me, you called me. Um, you make sure you hugged me every day. It was a really tough time because I didn't know um, what that looked like. This is my first time ever dealing with somebody who had cancer. And so I was scared. Um, it triggered me because, like, I lost my dad. Um, so am I going to lose my mama next? It automatically put me into the frame of, like, all right, now it's just going to be me and my sister out here, you know? 
And I want to thank you for that because you were still dealing with your own grief from your own parent. And you were just, you really held me up. And I really, really appreciate that. Oh, man. I mean, hey, it, 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 was, it was natural, you know what I'm saying? Especially with somebody, I mean, like I said, we were, we were more than, I feel like we were more than close co-workers we were like family almost and it was like once you told me that about your mom it was like a different connection right there you know what I'm saying so and I know how it felt to go through that so I'm like okay I gotta step it up now and then it it just all started becoming natural you know what I'm saying so yeah I appreciate that I mean hey right, you, you see my face red <laughs> <laughs> oh, for you my dog for life I love you for yes, sure me and my dog. All right, so let's lighten the mood a little bit. We're going to move on to our next segment. Clear your head about all this stuff, and we are just going to shoot. And I'm actually going to go first, unless you want to, Brittany. Oh, you can go ahead. Okay. So this is our rapid fire segment. We just ask you a bunch of questions, and you just literally say what's the first thing that applies on your mind. You know, hopefully it don't take that long. Ready? Yeah. All right. What's your biggest pet peeve? Uh, oh, oh. Awkwardness. Uh, oh, there we go. Name a fashion trend that you hate right now. The guys with the uh the the short pants. The the jeans are supposed to be long, but they um you know the ankles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Even high. They're wearing them even higher now. <laughs> I just think a young thug every time I see them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What is something fear is keeping you from doing? Uh, pursuing entrepreneurship. Come on now. Everybody can relate. Hello? Hello? Okay. Name something or somebody you are most proud of. Uh, my sister. I figured you would say that. Yeah. Fried catfish or meatloaf? One has to go. Fried catfish, give me gout, so let it go. It flares my gout up. That fish got to go. It got to go. <laughs> For what? Meatloaf all day over here. Can we pause? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Not give me gout. What? Right. <laughs> <laughs> my nigga got gout. Okay, I'm about to, to re-put program your uh, name in my phone. Um, <laughs> what in the? This is the last question. What is something about you that would get your black card revoked immediately? Well, it's something that you did or you don't know. I got an answer to this one too. <laughs> oh dang it mm. Brittany he needs some help I do I do let me help this, this will get my black card revoked I don't know how to make Kool-Aid what the fuck <laughs> Brittany I'm used to <laughs> Guess what, though? You don't know how to make Kool-Aid either. I ain't never made Kool-Aid before in my life. Yes! So done with y'all this conversation. 
I have told them, I don't care how many boys in the hood move the tits out of the thing. Make Kool-Aid. It's always either, either like diabetes, like we finna go into a coma suite, or it's like super bitter. I can't, I can't get the formula right. And guess what? I don't fucking drink it. <laughs> well, you know what? Back in the day, I always measured my sugar by how thick it was at the bottom. No, man. Like, <laughs> and I promise you, ain't nobody never complained about my shit. Big mama, your arm. Hello? But <laughs> <laughs> y'all know I Y'all know I grew up in the country in the big old city of Bahia, Mississippi. So we <laughs> we, we didn't drink uh, Kool-Aid. We we were a tea drinking family. Mm. We made tea all kinds of ways. Putting it in jars, sitting it outside so the sun can brew it. That's oh, the best okay. tea, by the way, too. So we were a tea drinking family. We always had tea. I thought y'all drank out the water hose. Do enough. I thought y'all drunk out the water hose. Keep playing with me. <laughs> <laughs> we, we did do that, but keep Don't playing with me. Keep playing with me. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Roy, you ready for my questions? Yes. All right, this is my favorite black ass question. Rotel or hot wings? One of them has to go. Get out of here, Rotel. All right. I can do that. What's the best piece of advice you've received? To be the most authentic me. Just be me. Okay. Name one talent you have that no one knows about. Uh, I'm a really good recreational tennis player. I was sure is. That boy bust my back open in tennis. <laughs> <laughs> what, what Instagram page are you addicted to? Uh, hood Vines. <laughs> oh, me too, me What's your go-to drink to order from the bar? Uh, I'm, I'm really basic when it comes to drinking. Probably a Long Island. Long Island. Pineapple, you do Coke. You say he basic. I, I don't even know. <gasps> All right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, whatever they put back there. I'd be like, this is good. This is exactly what I want. <laughs> okay, everything I in it, I wanted. Everything in it. That nigga ain't went nowhere and asked for no pineapple and his shit. Just get with the, give me the right. rest of the shit. Right. <laughs> okay, but though, Roy, do you want to plug your social media? Uh, sure. Do I just? Facebook? Oh, Facebook. You can find me on Facebook at the Roizel Brown Jr. Instagram? Uh, Instagram, simple guy underscore 101. 